what is in it for me? This is the question that we are seeking to answer throughout, not just this week, not just last week, but for the rest of 2021, guys. I, my biggest heart for, for us as a church is that it's to help us all understand when we do what we do, why do we do it? And so we're talking about spiritual habits, and we've done a few today. If you've never, if this is your first time coming to church, first time in a long time, these things that we're doing right now as we are putting our focus and attention off of ourselves onto God, enjoying him, opening up his word, praying, praising, these are all spiritual habits that we do on a weekly, that we should do when we all gather together. But... This is something that should not be reserved to Sunday, all right? Church is not Las Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens at church shouldn't stay, all right? What happens on Sunday shouldn't stay on Sunday. It needs to bleed into every part of our week. And so that is what we are talking about, and, and we are going to be going deeper into some of any of those things that I mentioned. And today we're going to talk about a very practical habit that can make a very big difference in your life if you approach it well. You guys do this so far. You did it today, and you probably didn't know. You know you did it, but you don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to be real. You guys aren't going to like this one. This is a spiritual habit that is not popular. It is not exciting. You are going to already, the, the hairs on the back of your head are going to go up when I say this one thing. And the habit that we should develop spiritually is waking up early. See, I told you all, none of you all, none of you all excited. No, online, listen. Were you a little bit more excited to hear that or no? No, I got, I got, do I got crickets online? I know, right? Waking up early. It is not something that sounds exciting, right? And, but you hear it all the time and, and people say things, but let's just be real. I don't know if you've heard this quote, but listen, the one who wakes up early yawns all day. Yes or no? Okay? The one who wakes up early yawns all day. Right? We don't like nobody, most people, let's just say that, most people don't like waking up early. Most people don't like waking up early, but at the same time, we also hate sleeping in. Tell me I'm not the only one who went through, even this happened to me today, but tell me you're not the only one who you had a time, I want to wake up at this moment for whatever reason, and you slept through that snooze, or you hit it one too many times, or you thought you were awake, but in reality, you were asleep, and then when you came to realize, uh-oh, I'm late. And we all hate that feeling, right? You, when you're, you feel like you're spending, you have to spend the rest of the day trying to catch up to find that one lost hour, yes or no, right? We know that feeling. We, no one likes to wake up early, but most of us are, do not like to wake up late. But what's crazy, guys, is that this spiritual habit is something that is constantly proven, even in the secular world, non-religious, non-Christian scholars, habitually say, yo, there is something about waking up early and starting your day in a specific way. That makes a big difference. Do you guys know that one of the character traits among successful people is that they wake up early? Now, I don't know about you, but I think most, most people, I know me, I doubt you wake up one day and say, you know what, today, I want to just be average, okay? I just want to be average, you know, below average, no, I mean, maybe a little above, but no one wants to be average. We all want to be great, right? That We all want to be great. No one wants to be average. Well, one of the character traits of successful people is that they wake up early. And you know what's crazy, too, is that the domino effect that happens, that when you wake, those who wake up early tend to procrastinate less throughout the day. Online, everybody here, hey, we're in church. Let's confess, God sees your heart. He knows who's a massive procrastinator, all right? Who is it? Like, yo, I got issues. I got issues. I procrastinate big time. I know I should. I know I shouldn't, but I do. 
Well, it actually shows that those who wake up early and get a positive start to their day actually procrastinate less in that day. And another one is, this is a cool too as well. You guys know that those who wake up early tend to be healthier emotionally, have less mental health, or at least deal with it a little less, tend to be less depressed throughout the day. I don't know if you know that. People who wake up early and have a solid routine in the morning tend to be depressed less throughout the day. Now, those, those are all great and dandy. Those are all cute. Very powerful habits. But today, guys, there is something that most people... You can wake up early, get a good positive start to your day, and it it will be a benefit to you, I promise. But there's one thing, one thing that if you add to, in fact, if it's the only thing that you added to start your day, it would make the biggest difference. Because you guys know that you and I were created to start our day a specific way. We were created to start our day in a very specific way. And Jesus, as believers, I'm talking to the church, Christians, we bear the name of Christ, right? We are to reflect Christ. Jesus is not only our Savior, he is our example. He is our model that we are to strive to live like. This is what the scriptures say in being Christ-like. More and more we should grow in being Christ-like. Well, do you know that Jesus had a morning routine that impacted how he lived his day? He had a morning routine. And And he did it, and it made a difference. So it will for the same. It will do the same for us if we see what he did. So, guys, we're going to look at Mark chapter 1. So online, I got you. You can go uh, to our website, tabernacleofgod.church. There's a note section, sermon note section. All the verses are there. We're going to put them on the screen for everybody. But if you got your book, I like old school, yo. I don't even have an iPad. I like my I like pen and paper. All right. I like it this better. So this is my preference. So let's go to Mark chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 35 through 38, four simple verses. And we're going to look at Jesus' desire, the desire of Jesus, the demands of Jesus, and the dedication of Jesus. And let's start with Mark 1, 35. So here it says, as they're retelling what the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, Mark, in his unique approach, is retelling the story. And he says in verse 35, very, how, uh, what time of day, everybody say it out loud, re- type it online, what day? Early, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, Jesus got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place. And there he was praying. So, guys, I want you just to look at this one verse and look at Jesus' desire in this one verse. And I think it's cool that we're going to talk about waking up early on a day like daylight savings time, right, when we got that extra hour. Did anybody here wake up a little earlier than you wanted to because your body clock is a little off? I don't know if that happens to me sometimes. And so, all right, so you're just like, oh, I got that extra hour and I'm wide awake. I can't even enjoy it. But anyways, look at what Jesus did, guys. Look at Jesus' desire. Early in the morning, he got up while it was still dark. And did you catch all the verbs in that one verse? Four verbs in that one verse. He got up. He woke up. He went out, okay, made his way to a deserted place. And there he was praying in the, in, the, in the progressive there, something was happening, this is what he was doing. And so, guys, Jesus actually had a very, um, a very regular routine, a very regular habit of doing that, all right? He would just get up and disappear, not just during the morning, but sometimes in random times. And when you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are six different instances when Jesus would go away and be by himself alone to pray with his heavenly Father. Six different ones. I'm going to show you which ones they are. Number one. He did it, he would go away like this in a similar way, always deserted, okay? Notice even that, he had an intention. Where was he going? To a deserted place, meaning nobody was there. 
Nobody was there. No one was going to be calling him. No one was going to be. There's, he, he walked away from the noise of his everyday life so he can connect with his father. All right. And here's a few reasons why Jesus would do that. Number one, he would go to prepare, he would go to prepare for a major task. Right before he was going to do something big, he would spend extra time in prayer alone in an isolated place. One of the most popular ones was Jesus. The night he was going to be arrested, the night he was going to be sent and arrested to be crucified on the cross. That was a major task, I would say. What did Jesus do the whole night prior? He spent it in prayer alone in a deserted place, just him and his father. He spent this time with him to prepare for a major task. Another one, interesting, God, Jesus would get alone to pray with his father to work through grief. Do you guys know that his best friend, one of his best friends, uh, Lazarus, in the scriptures, dies, unexpectedly dies. And, Jesus, and it says that Jesus went off alone to pray. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but listen, Jesus went to deal with his grief. He worked through the grief of the death of his friend. And he went into his father's presence in order to do that, to work through grief. Jesus did that. Another one he did was right before making an important decision, like a real big decision. So this one was, uh, one example was before he chose his 12 apostles. God, you know, at this point, Jesus had more than 12 people rolling with him in his squad. And he knew, I got to pick 12 guys. These are going to be the 12 that the Father's going to use through the spirit of the living God to, to expand the kingdom. So where was Jesus all night? In a deserted place, all alone, praying with his Father. Why? Because he was about to make an important decision. That's an interesting one there, how prayer impacted his ability to make a wise choice and wise decisions. Another one, and two more, another reason why Jesus would go off to, alone to pray is to recharge after a long day's work. And so you kind of missed this because we just picked it up at verse 35. But right prior to this, Jesus had spent all morning praying. I mean, I'm praying all morning dealing with people, helping them, preaching, healing, doing a lot of different miracles. I mean, Jesus was doing amazing things, and he was spent. He was exhausted, a long day of just giving and giving and giving. And so what does he do before he starts his day? He charges up. He goes back into the presence of his father because when we pick up the story, which we won't, from 39 on, that's another day. That's another day of giving and giving and giving and giving. So Jesus would go quietly and have a routine of being alone with his father to recharge after work. And last one, he just did it just because. And that's the secret one, guys. He just showed up and he would go off to be alone with his father early in the morning and throughout the day sometimes. Why? Just to be with his heavenly father. Guys, those are the nicest ones. Those are the great ones when you are not just showing up before God just to get something. You know, you're using God like a vending machine. Like you go, I said my prayer, I did my thing, I did my, this is what I need now, God. No, just to go, just because. Guys, all of those reasons, if Jesus did and if Jesus spent extra time in regular prayer, alone with his father, in order to do those things, prepare for major tasks, make decisions, work through grief, recharge, just because if he did it, do you think we're exempt? Do you think we're exempt from something like that? No, see, Jesus did it not only to reflect, but because he was truly God and truly man at the same time. And he did it as a model, as an example, saying, guys, if I did it, it's because you need to. You need to do that. You and I need to be able to do this starting our day with our Savior makes a major impact, guys. And let me kind of throw all those scenarios there. Are you 
Do you need to make a really big, important decision in your life? Are you working through grief right now? I mean, are you dealing with, you know, you got a big task, a big project that you got to work on, and you got a new season in your life you're about to start, and you don't know what to do in any of those circumstances? I am telling you what to do. I'm telling you what to do. Spend time with your heavenly Father. Spend time with God. Jesus made it possible for us through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, that we were singing and we were doing this today, that we can meet with God and that God can work in us, either speak in us and mold us. And so Jesus' private prayer habits, guys, show us that the most important thing that you and I are to do any day is to spend quality time with God. Quality time with God. That is the most important. And I know I'm not the only one who at the end of the day notices, man, there's things that I wish I could have done better. Or there's things that I needed to do and I didn't. But you know what you, know what you can call a win? When you spent time with God that day. When you, did you spend time with God that day? Quality time with God that day. If you did, you can count that day as a win. Even if you didn't do anything else. So Jesus had this regular routine. This was his desire. To constantly connect with his father. Do you know why he needed to also do that? Look at the next verse. Look at the demands on Jesus' life. Let's look at verse 36 and 37. So Mark 1, 36 and 37. Remember, Jesus is praying when this happens. Verse 36. And Simon, his companions, the apostles, what were they doing? They searched for him. And when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you, Jesus what are you doing? I mean, look at the audacity. I mean, the guy's praying mid-prayer, and they're like scolding Jesus like a, like, a, like a parent busting into your room when you slept in, right? And it's like, you got to go to school. The bus is almost here, or for whatever reason, right? They walk in, interrupt Jesus' praying time, and they said, what are you doing here? Everyone is looking for you. You look at the demands on Jesus' life. First off, that word searched the apostles searching you know what that word was hunted they were hunting for jesus they were out there looking scoping what the where'd he go now he would constantly like dip in and hide from them they would they wouldn't know where he was half the time it was weird i don't know if it was a weird game of hide and go seek it must have been frustrating for them but here they are and they finally found him and they're not excited they're frustrated they're like yo what are you doing we gotta go we gotta go they were the apostles were hunting for him and what did they say Everybody is looking for you. Who's the everybody? Remember I just said that he spent all day in a town ministering to people, preaching, helping, healing, doing amazing things. And everyone was like, everybody's looking for you. Today's a new day. There's sick people that need you. There's other people that want to be healed. Hey, God, there's other people that just want to know, what are you going to do today? Where are you? Look at the demands on Jesus. He was in high demand, guys. He was in high demand. But you know what we see here? What we see in the story in this moment is that Jesus shows us. He shows us that we should not let the demands of other people dictate our relationship with God. Please listen to that one. You cannot, we as believers, we cannot let the demands of life dictate our connection with God. How many of us, throw myself in there. Oh, I, I, can't, I, I can't pray today. I can't spend as much time with God. Why? Because I got to go to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. Parents, you got to wake up, you got to get your kids dressed, you got to get breakfast done, you got to do this, you got to take the dog out, right? That's demands. That's a lot of demands in the morning that would cause us to say, I can't do this, 
right? I, I can't, or even your own body. Let's just be real. The demands in your own body saying, just sleep five more minutes. Sleep five more minutes, right? That's your body demanding things. And so there's a lot of demands on our life. And forget that, man, just go even more. You're a parent, tell me, moms and dads, tell me you don't got a demand on your life with those people that are dependent on you. Isn't that a demand? Are you married? <laughs> okay, there you go, right? If you're married, that's you, the other spouse. There's demands on, there's expectations. Some of us, look at you, some of us put high demands on ourselves, right? We put high demands on ourselves. Forget throwing in that teacher who's making us, you know, do a homework without really giving us the details, right? Forget the demands of our teachers. Forget the demands of our professors. Forget the demands of our coworkers or our bosses or our customers. That's a lot of demand. You know what all those people are doing? They are all looking to you and say, gimme, gimme, gimme. I need your time. I need your, I need your effort. I need your wisdom. I need your this. I need your that. Guys, isn't that exhausting? Isn't that exhausting? It's exhausting. And notice, Jesus knew. Jesus knew, yeah, that demand is going to be high. And because the demand on my life and my time and my energy is high, I can't afford to not spend time with God. Guys, you and I, we, we make the other excuse. Pastor, I can't afford to wake up any earlier than I do now. I can't afford to spend any more time with God now. I'm too, fill in the blank, busy, I'm tired, I'm this. I can't afford to. No, see, here's some of the Puritans, and I think it was Martin Luther who said, listen, I pray two hours a day straight. And I'm like, well, I don't got time to pray like that. You know what he said in their response? Listen, I can't afford not to. I can't, in my circumstance, what God was doing in his life and through the revival moments, they were saying, I mean, there was high demand on his life, on Martin Luther's life. He says, I can't demand, I can't, uh, I can't afford not to spend time with God because if I go out in my own strength, I'm not going to make it. Guys, you and I, I need you to understand. Let's flip that script right now. When you say, I can't afford to wake up any earlier than I do. I can't afford to give and spend the time with God that I should. Uh, no, you can't afford not to because we all make time for what we want. We all do. We all have time. We all have time. And if we're believers and you call ourselves believers and there's no want or little want, that is something that needs to be addressed. But Jesus shows, listen, the demands of life should not dictate how we spend our time with God. And let me give you another one. And here's our last one. Look at the benefits. You know, yo, what's in it for me? All right, you know, man, you're telling me to wake up early. you tell me to do this. What's in it for me? Look, look at Jesus. Ready? Look at this next one. Verse 38. Look at Jesus' dedication. Verse 38, he says, Jesus, everybody in this town is looking for you. And verse 38, and Jesus says to them, all right, all right, let's go. Let's go to the what? We look at this, guys. Neighboring village. Let's go to the neighboring village so that I may preach there too. This is why I came. I wish I would have been there to see the apostles' faces. Because what are they doing? The town that he's in currently, they're like, Jesus, there's a buzz. There's excitement. You know, the apostles, I need you to process this, guys. Those apostles believed that Jesus was the promised Messiah that the Jews were waiting for, that he was going to conquer Rome and liberate them from their enemies and usher in an amazing Jewish kingdom that would be a blessing to the world. And so they're like, like anybody else, 
right? When you see, yo, Jesus, you're trending, bro. You got to start getting out there. You're trending. You, you got to make that extra post, bro. You're out. You got to get going. Like any good politician, when there's good attention, whoo, man. First off, any attention for them is whatever, right? Any attention is good attention. But, man, when there's good attention, you got to get your face out there, Jesus. You, we, it was almost like that he needed help. Jesus, we've got to help you. You don't understand what you're doing. You're out here wasting your time. No, we got to get you meeting and greeting, kissing babies and all this stuff, bro. you got to get out there. We're out there. I mean, they're out there doing marketing for him. This is what it was. And Jesus says, all right, fine, I'm ready. Let's go to the next town. What? No, man, here. They need you here. They need you here. He's like, no, no, no. We're going to the next town. Because I came, what did he say? I came so that I may preach there too. So let me preach there too because this is why I came. You Here we see something amazing, guys. Jesus came to preach, not perform. You got to look at this. He existed and he knew. I'm not here just to make you happy and to answer every one of your felt needs. Guys, there were sick people in that town that didn't get healed that Jesus walked away from. Okay. Because the point was not just to heal everybody so that no one was ever sick. It was to tell them about the sickness of their souls, about the kingdom of God that was coming. That is what mattered. But Jesus, Jesus knew when to say no. He knew when to say no to people. He had that discernment. Why? Because he spent time with his father. Guys, you see this. He spent time with him. Spending daily time in God's presence will give us a perspective that will direct us in our purpose. It does. Do you know that one time Jesus had like, uh, he fed thousands of people with some, you know, small, tiny lunch. He did this two times. And once, the one time he goes and Jesus, the next day, everybody showed up again. All the thousand people. And you know why they showed up? They didn't show up to say, oh, forgive us of our sins. Jesus, help us for, you know, save us. You know what they asked of Jesus the next day? What's on the menu today, Jesus? That was pretty cool what you did that one day. So what we got, bro, I skipped breakfast for this because that fish and bread was banging, bro. What you got today? Because I don't know. You think we can, you know, whip up a little. That was the people. And, you know, Jesus said, oh, you guys are back. Most people, most pastors, you see all those people coming back. They're like, yes, success, amazing. And Jesus saw right through all of the crowd and says, "Uh, y'all fake. Y'all fake. Nah, you, you, you want just for me to perform like I'm some dancing monkey here for you? Nah, let me tell you what. If you want to eat something, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And he starts talking about this weird analogy, not literally, all right, not camel- cannibalism. And then everyone's like, yo, Jesus got nuts. I ain't, I ain't eating. I ain't eating flesh. Okay, he lost it. I'm done with this guy. And they all walked away. See, Jesus knew when to say no. He wasn't there just to make people happy and appease them. He knew his purpose. This is why I came, not just to perform for people and to entertain them or to just merely help them. I came to preach to the issue of their soul. That's truly helping them. And Jesus knew when to say no. Can, uh, who's here? I know I'm, I'm still learning. I've gotten a whole lot better. But who's really bad at saying no to people? Hmm? Who's really saying no? Who's really hard to say no to spouses sometimes? yourself and you want to help everybody and you're giving and giving and giving and no one is pouring into your life and you're empty burning out not doing good emotionally because all you do is give 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 and you're running on fumes here's the scary part guys about your soul i need you to understand this your soul is not like your car your soul does not have a check engine light you don't have a check engine you don't have a check soul light that goes off like hey you're running low hey you need to stop do this fix it we don't have that. 
We don't have that. And so you have to make sure you are doing, the, you know, doing things so that you don't burn out. I had to drive a car one time that the car, my car did not, the, the gas meter didn't work. It was always on E, but I knew there was gas in it. I don't know if anyone ever had a car like that before. And so I didn't know where it was. And so because I didn't know how far I had, every few, a day or so, I'm just pumping in five, you know, five dollars and five dollars and five dollars because I had no clue where I was. And that's the same thing, guys, with us. Same thing. You, we never know where we truly are until it's too late, right? We never know where we are emotionally, mentally, spiritually until it's too late, until we're like, oh, no. Okay, now you know because you went too far. Jesus never got to that place. You know, Jesus was never in a hurry. Jesus was never in a hurry. He was never in a rush. He knew what his purpose was. He knew what to say no to so that he could say yes to what was right. Guys, I'm telling you, spending time, daily time in God's presence makes the biggest difference in the world. In fact, you can look at this, this one thing, because Jesus from there went on to the next village and kept doing the same thing. And God used him, the Father used him and reflected him in amazing ways. And so we need to understand this one thing, that when G what Jesus did in private is what empowered him to do what he did in public. Okay? We see all the amazing miracles that he did. But again, remember everything we talked about. Even before publicly dying on the cross, where was he the whole night? In private with his father, with his heavenly father. What Jesus did in private is what empowered him to do what he did in public. He was fully God, truly God. He was also truly and fully man at the same time. And that's a reflection for us, guys. I want to challenge you today. Listen, what we do in private, that's called integrity, by the way, isn't it? Right? The, the way you are when no one's looking is the same way when everybody's around. That's called integrity. That's called consistency. That's called good character. Right? That's called good character. Well, guys, let me challenge you with your walk with God as we're reflecting and looking at how can we mature in our faith? How can we grow in our faith? We've been talking about that, and we're going to keep doing that. But let me tell you, don't sleep on this one thing. Don't sleep on this one thing because what you do in private with God will empower you to live through him in public. Most people don't do whatever in public because they don't spend the time with him in private. They don't. Whoever doesn't talk about God in public, guess what? They're not talking to him in private. Those who don't evangelize and tell others about the love of God in public, why? Because they don't spend enough time with him enjoying it in private. This is what it is. If our public life, if the way that we're living is not the way we want to, it is not a reflection of Christ, it's because we are not spending enough time during the day privately with him. Because when we meet with God, like we were singing about earlier today, he shapes us, he molds us. We are to reflect more and more of him every day. This is an important thing, guys, especially how you start. Most don't because they don't. And I can guarantee you, anybody who you are seeing God moving in their life, guarantee you they all got one thing in common. They all really double down on their private time with God. God is not going to use somebody in a public way, in a mighty way, if God is not first working in their life privately. Okay? That's how it works. That is how it works, guys. And so I'm going to challenge you guys. Last week, if you were with us, I challenged you to do something for five days. Anybody remember? What was the time limit I gave you guys? 30 minutes. I challenged everybody last week. Take 30 minutes a day. For the next five days, spend time with God. Let God talk to you in his word. You talk to him, and then talk to somebody else. Encourage a believer. Encourage somebody. What did God show you? 
Uh, the reason why I gave you 30 minutes is not so you can tap out at the 30. Oh, God, my time is up. Got to go. All right? Not so you could do that. It's because I wanted you to pay attention. Because I know me, when I thought, oh, I was spending enough time with God. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just time myself. And I would just time it, do my normal routine, and then time it again. And I'm looking, oh, that was barely 10 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And then I started to realize I thought it was more. I thought it was spending more time with him then. And so I wanted to challenge you. I guarantee you, most of you probably weren't doing 30 minutes. And it was probably hard, wasn't it? You probably found yourself in that little awkward moment for a few minutes with you and Jesus like, so it's been like six minutes. I'm kind of done. Don't know what else to do. I'm just going to sit here awkwardly and look at each other, I guess. All right? For some of you, I bet the 30 minutes was hard. I got it. But that's the thing. That was a reason because I wanted you to be conscious of what you're doing. So I'm going to double that challenge again, but this time I'm going to do something else. All right? Here's the challenge for this week. Wake up one hour earlier than you need to and start your day with your Savior. Wake up one hour earlier than you need to and start your day with your Savior. Why one hour? I'm going to give you 30 minutes just to wake up and warm up, okay? 30 minutes to get dressed if you want to. Go to the bathroom. Have your coffee. Just don't look at your phone. Don't look at your phone. Let, before you grab your phone, you better grab a Bible, all right? Don't even, look, get yourself a book. Don't, don't even look at your phone app, okay? G get a book book, all right? Because, listen, I get, I get tempted too. Going to the Bible, never mind. Swipe, tick, tock. Uh, uh, where'd my day go? All right, so do that, all right? Spend the, wake up one hour earlier than you need to. Now, some of you guys probably like to work out in the morning, all right? I, you know, I, I like to try to go on walks or do something for 20 minutes just to get going, get the blood flowing. All right, that means you got to factor that in. Because I, I know, like, doing certain routines in the morning are beautiful. Working out is a great thing to get a nice walk or stretch or moving out. That's a good thing. Breakfast, that's a good thing. Making your bed, getting ready, that's a good thing. Oh, pastor, I got a lot going on. I got my kids, too. I understand. Wake up an hour earlier than you need to. Do what Jesus did. Before everybody else woke up, he was already up. Before the demands started starting. So, parents, that means that you're going to have to beat your kids. You got to wake up before they do. Wake up before your house does. Wake up and then spend that time with God. No interruptions. Silent, quiet. Some of y'all can't hear God because you don't get to quiet places. There's too much noise. There's too much demand. Your phone is making noise. Your kids, your, you know, the TV, this, that. No, man, get alone with God. Let me challenge you guys for the next five days. I'm pushing y'all. Come on. Five days, wake up an earlier, one hour earlier than you need to. Listen, you guys are all adamant about charging your phones. Let's be real. Okay, uh, you have never seen desperation until you have 1% battery and the, the, the charger is on the other side of the house. That's desperation, right? Look at that. That's some desperation. You want to see some people sprint? That, that's the only physical activity that some people get when they realize, oh, no, my phone's about to die. Boom, right? Guys, if we were half as concerned about recharging our soul the way we are recharging our phones, things would be different. And that's why I want to challenge you on that. If you are so adamant about charging your phone, let us be this adamant about recharging our soul. Recharging our soul to the power source that is God, our Heavenly Father, what Jesus made available through his life, death, and resurrection. That we're recharging our spirit through the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to do. Listen to what Jeremiah, I don't have this, I'm going to read it to you. Jeremiah 3, and 23 says, because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. We're not going to die. We're not going to break down nothing. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. That God's mercy and his love and his character is new every morning. You know what that means? That God doesn't wake up one day at 50%. God, you're not going to ever wake up to the next day and God's going to be operating at 70% capacity. 
Not even at 99.999% capacity. Every day. God is the ultimate source of renewable energy. All right? That is him. He is the ultimate source of renewable energy. He has a, never takes a day off. Never rests. This is why God is who he is. He is always at 100 God is always at 100, and it renews. He, is, he never drains. And so this is the place. It is his love. It is his presence that we are constantly called to charge into, especially at the beginning of your day. Maybe some of you are like, all right, I got you, Pastor. Listen, I'm a night owl. That's when I spend my time with God, at night. Okay, cute. Still wake up early. All right, because here's the thing. Now end your day and start your day that way. Bookend your days. That's great because I'm telling you, when you start your day connecting into the never-ending, always renewing love of God, when you start your day with that perspective, when you have that routine, before you face your day, you are better emotionally, spiritually, mentally prepared to face whatever's going to come your way, knowing I know who my God is. Because you, you, why do we do this every morning? Because you and I need to remember, we are, we are easily forgetful. We need to have a routine every single day remembering who our God is, who we are in him. Why? Because we forget. We forget and the distractions in our life keep us from remembering and understanding and holding on to those things. It does. Instead of ending your day, instead of ending your day with which you should. But re- imagine if we started. Spending that quality time away from everything else before I touched my phone, before I looked at my emails, before I did anything normal that I need to do, I put him first. If we live that like that every morning, guess what, guys? You're going to live like that more and more throughout the day. He makes the biggest difference. And, guys, waking up early to spend time with God, that is not a burden. Guys, let me remind you, that's a blessing. You get to spend time in the presence of your savior the presence of the one who gave himself up for you so your sins could be forgiven so that your hope can be eternal this is what he's done you get to spend time with him not just in the morning but throughout the day whenever you need he has made himself available to us take advantage take advantage guys take advantage he has made it all available to us Listen, Jesus says, and the scriptures say, what you are, if you are faithful in the small things, you can be faithful in the big things. If you're going to be faithful in the small things, you can be faithful in the big things. If you can do the small things right, you'll, be, you'll do the big things right. Guys, how much easier can it be to just wake up just a little earlier? Sounds simple. That sounds small. Some of you guys are going to be like, nah, that's not going to make a difference in my life. I'm good. I can keep going. If you're faithful in the small things, God will be faithful in the big things. It's amazing. It's amazing. And so, guys, I want to challenge you every single morning, every single morning for the next five days, and keep going after this. Every single morning as you make breakfast and before you make your bed, make time to start your day with your Savior before you move on to what's next. All right? It will make all the difference in the world to you mentally, emotionally, spiritually if you did this. It will. All right? And we're going to be talking about how to, what to do during that time over the next few weeks. But let me just challenge you just to get the rhythm right. Get the rhythm right of remembering God. Get the rhythm right of allowing him to speak into your life and spending time with him. It will make all the difference in the world to you, and it will make all the difference to those that depend on you, that matter to you most. Because when you spend time with God, he makes you different. He makes you like him. It allows you to be a better leader, a better spouse, a better better influencer. When you allow God to influence you, guys, let your worship in private Okay, let your worship in private go and move into being faithful witnesses in public. 
Listen, we all are doing that right now, aren't you? You guys all got up early today. I don't know, maybe not an hour still, whatever, but you all got up early today. And imagine that feeling, imagine that experience if it was every day. When we gather together on Sunday, this is just for us to encourage one another, but this isn't a weekly thing. This is a daily, and for some of us, it needs to be probably every hour on the hour that we need to be remembering God and reconnecting and leaning with him. Guys, he has made this available to us. Let's not just reserve it to Sunday mornings at 9 a.m., but every single day. It will make the difference in the world.